This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network, my latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. In this episode, I visit with John Fanny. John is a longtime player in the compliance space. And today we visit about his new association with Integrity Risk International and the increased need for robust due diligence during the coronavirus health crisis. I should also note that John is the first Texas A&M Aggie on the podcast. Giggle. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today you're in for a real treat because we have our first graduate of Texas A&M University John Fanning. John, as the first Aggie guest on this podcast, uh, an extraordinary big gigum and welcome. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate the uh, welcome, especially coming from Longhorn. So I'm looking forward to talking to you today and I'm excited to be on the show. So, John, could you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about your professional background? Sure, uh, Tom. I, I've, I, uh, as you mentioned, I, I graduated from Texas A&M. Um, and I was fortunate enough to go to work for a company called LexisNexis many years ago, which was in the online information business. Um, I was working with attorneys at corporate legal departments. And that was a, about the time that, uh, you know, due diligence and looking at companies, mergers and acquisitions and things like that were really kind of picking up. And, um, you know, I, I worked in, and LexisNexis had a media library, as well as a, uh, a great um, library of public records. So I worked with a lot of those folks for about 10 years. I went, later went to work for Thomson Reuters, which is probably their premier competitor. Um, you may be familiar with them as Westlaw. They, uh, Thomson Reuters, uh, it was Thomson West, and then Thomson and Reuters merged. I was there through all of those uh, you know, mergers and um, got a lot of experience working with law firms, corporate legal, also with the government, um, and I lived in Oklahoma for some time. And then um, I was fortunate enough to go to work for Kroll Compliance, and Kroll was a due diligence investigations uh, firm specializing in uh, FCPA investigations and due diligence, as well as, um, you know, uh, as well as working with cybersecurity risk and risk mitigation at companies. Um, since then, I've worked with Ethisphere, um, the, the purveyors of the world's most ethical companies award. And, uh, and now I'm working with Integrity Risk International, uh, which was founded by Jim and Tom McQueenie, who actually were the, the, the CEO and the chief operating officer of Kroll Compliance when I was there. So familiar faces and folks that I have a lot of respect for. And, um, I've been primarily in sales, but uh, focused on legal compliance and regulatory compliance um, and, and governance for for the majority of the time I've been in this in the sales space. Um, so, John, the reason uh, and thank you for that. The reason I wanted you to go through that detailed professional history is exactly that you have been in this space 
for uh, quite some time. And as you know, I'm a lawyer by professional background. You are not. And so uh, you have seen things from a different perspective uh, than perhaps I've seen them. And uh, that's really led, I think, to you having some interesting insights, having both delivered products and services over the course of your professional career. Uh, and that really leads to where we are now uh, mm-hmm. in the era of COVID-19. Um, this uh, many companies and con- companies, uh, countries and localities are in a reopening phase. Some, unfortunately, are in uh, stepping back a little bit, but within uh, where we are right now, and we're recording this in early August 2020, uh, what do or why does IRI, uh, Integrity Risk International, and yourself see uh, these types of due diligence services as perhaps even more critical where we are right now? Yeah, Tom, I think, you know, my experience, as you mentioned, is, is, has been kind of being an advocate for the client, trying to find solutions for them um, and providing products. And I think I've become very sensitive to the need for, you know, really good due diligence. I've, I've seen companies um, about to make investments that uh, were, were headed off because of one news article or something like that. Um, you know, and so I know that there's a lot of value in doing that, even in regular times. But I think, you know, right now, one of the things that we we see in, in the era of COVID-19 is a lot of things are, are accelerated and there's added pressure. Um, there's a lot less opportunity for folks to travel. So you don't get the face to face meetings and you're not able to uh, understand the details of the company um, from a, a on-site visits and, and other things like that, especially if you're looking at an investment or looking to partner with someone. You know, second of all, I think there's a lot of criminal enterprises out there that are taking advantage of the um, of the situation. They realize that people are at a disadvantage, and they think it's a good time to capitalize on that and 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 uh, and you know try to extract funds from companies and individuals. And then third, I think, you know, economically, there's a lot of um, opportunities out there for companies to invest in. Uh, There's a lot of distressed industries, distressed uh, companies, distressed assets. And so, um, you know, a lot of the companies are pushing to make some investments and and take advantage of the situation and try to get, uh, you know, build their build their organizations and, and acquire assets. However, there's a lot of competition and there's less transparency than there normally would be or less ability to learn about those. And then I think probably the fourth thing that I, I've seen out there is also there's a lot of pressure on the supply chain. Um, a lot of companies are under immense pressure, especially in like uh, agriculture, food industries, um, you know, medical supply industries. And their businesses are being forced to maybe go into uncharted territories, maybe partner with uh, companies or, um, you know, suppliers that they wouldn't normally use, but because of the, the pressure on the supply chain. So I think managing third-party risk requires, you know, you know, a, a lot more attention and they need to do it in an economically viable way. Everybody is getting pressure to reduce their cost, but they also want to make sure that they are making informed decisions and have, you know, information that is actionable, that they can take action with. So I, I think that is probably the emphasis on due diligence right now is even more more important because of those challenges that a lot of these companies are facing. 
What do you see as three important due diligence technological innovations? Yeah, you know, and that's a great question, Tom. I think um, we we are, at IRI, I think we try to balance between technology and then also having, you know, analytical, um, you know, analysts that uh, have eyes on the materials. Um, There are three things that, you know, we've really utilized to give the analyst an advantage and help them to build a better report for our customers, one of which is automation. Um, you know, streamlining, you know, complex, uh, the complex process of gathering data and analyzing data and using automation through different tools that are out there has allowed, has freed up our, our analysts to focus on more detailed investigation tasks and really diving deeply into sorting through the information. Um, there's another one that you may be familiar with, and I think this is a great tool for any chief uh, ethics and compliance officer out there. It's something called link analysis. And link analysis is a, it's a powerful piece of technology where it has, it's had a, you know, it, it turns disparate information into meaningful, knowledgeable, um, useful, uh, information to help them make impactful decisions. Uh, it gives you the ability to analyze a large amount of information, um, of data using really sophisticated information analytics and, uh, digging through the data and then establishing connections being graphical representations. So it actually will link one party to another party and give you a very good idea, particularly in the areas of beneficial ownership, which, um, you know, the importance of that, especially in the financial sector, um, gives you a way to visualize the complexities of the ownership structure and to understand better the connections of those people who are part of the organization or the entity. And then probably the third um, piece that uh, we see a lot of, and there's a lot of talk around, is artificial intelligence, um, which allows you know folks to work through piles of documents and do um, you know kind of tick box work where they they, they come uh, you know when it comes to compliance. Researchers are, are using are able to analyze volumes and volumes of data, media reports, and uh, and pull out the very important things using artificial intelligence. A component of that is a uh, natural language processing, uh, NLP, and um, it, it it does very well at systematically analyzing and unstructured text, bringing that together and focusing in on the relevant risk. And so our analysts are using all three of those things in order to build better reports. But we also try to we don't try we try to you know make sure we have eyes on the material and that there's someone actually interpreting those results and putting it together into a, an executive summary that makes it uh, an actionable report. We think there's a, a balance. You want to use these tools, but you want to make sure that you don't um, provide the customer with a, a data dump. You want to have a very succinct um, analysis and, and give an executive summary of that. And so those are the areas we've seen a lot of, um, I guess, development and evolution in technology. John, let me pick up on a point you raised a little bit earlier. Uh, many people think of due diligence only in the FCPA context, and obviously it's much broader than that. Uh, you talked about many of the other areas that it's become more critical now. You mentioned supply chain, you mentioned food supply, and a couple of others. But I wanted to specifically ask you about what's the role of due diligence in something called green risk, 
or environmentally sensitive or environmental projects, how do you and IRI see uh, due diligence as playing such a key role in that area? Companies are certainly being looked at at a, a lot, a lot with a lot more scrutiny by investors as to their um, ESG, you know, um, environmental sustainability and governance. And um, so, certainly with investors, they want to see that companies are making the right decisions. Um, and so, in that market, the green risk is something that uh, is a big consideration. As we see destruction of uh, rainforest and things like that in Brazil, you know. Everybody and, and other environmental infractions around the world, and there's more um, attention to that. One of the things that investors are looking at in the financial, private equity uh, markets and things like that are, you know, analysis of what's going on with the company. If they're actually, if they've got any uh, litigation or any, if they've had any issues or if there's any media about problems with that part of their business, if there's a, uh, if there are environmental concerns. And so one of the things, um, you know, we see more and more is we're injecting an ESG section into our reports. And you see that with more and more of the due diligence. And when you, the analysts are looking at this at a higher level, and that is the component that we, that we call kind of the growing focus on green financial crimes. Um, we've actually developed a report around that. And, and you see more and more providers focusing on that and, also more and more governments and media. And so there's a lot of information out there. We try to gather that and put that as a section of anything we do now. Um, In addition to that, um, you know, I think we're going to see this grow. I think uh, there's more and more need for that. And investigators have to be more aware of that type of thing as, as well. John, we focused a lot of our attention in this podcast on due diligence, but that's only a part of the services, uh, IRI provides. Could you detail for us some of the other services uh, you and the company offer? Yeah. So let me kind of explain a little bit about IRI. I think one of the things that uh, the team there have did, first of all, they're, they're, they're headquartered in Reston, yeah. Reston, Virginia. So they're very close to Washington, D.C. There's a lot of talent there with language capabilities and skills. And they go through a rigorous process of hiring very sharp, very, uh, uh, you know, very um, capable individuals. They have an internship program for many of these people while they're in graduate school. They train them rigorously on how to analyze the data, accumulate the data. And they also have built some customized tools from around the world. And so what IRA does is they, they can look at anything and investigate any type of um, you know component, and they're very nimble, and they're able to customize these things. Um, executive background checks is another area that we do a lot of work in. Um, we also have third-party screening, where we screen the entities. We do beneficial ownership um, research and into the companies and the ownerships of the organizations. Um, we talked a little bit about the ESG reports and looking at the corporate culture. Uh, and then we also participate and do investigations, FCPA, whistleblower investigations, and internal disputes. Um, we've got a great team of analysts. We've got a great team of investigators. And uh, both Jim and Tom, who are you know, the founders of the company, have many, many years of experience doing this. And we've got a great network of uh, uh, investigators around the world that we're able to turn to. So those are some of the key areas that we focus on outside of just the due diligence component. 
John, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted uh, any more information on Integrity Risk International or wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do so? Sure. Um, you know, m- me personally, my email is jfanning at integrityriskintl.com, integrityriskintl.com. Um, but you can also go to our website. It's integrityriskintl.com for integrityriskinternational.com. Um, and then we have a social media channel on LinkedIn and you can follow us there. And if you go to our website, we actually do do a lot of, uh, uh, content. We provide a lot of content and news through our blog and you can sign up for our e-newsletter, um, right at the bottom of our webpage. You can link in and sign up for that and get uh, updates from us on a regular basis. Well, John, I want, I wanted to thank you uh, for taking the time to visit with me. And uh, as we move into, I used to say as we would move into Q3 and Q4, perhaps the situation around COVID-19 might be different. I'm afraid now it may be 2021 or even later, but perhaps I could call upon you to uh, give us uh, an update on where IRI and it's seeing around COVID-19 later in the year. I'd be happy to, Tom. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This is the only B2B podcast which brings clear and sane information for both the compliance professional and the business executive. If I could ask you uh, to do one thing, if you could tell one person about this podcast, I'm trying to get the word out uh, about this most unique podcast in the Compliance Podcast Network. So if you could tell one person about it, send them a copy, send them a link, do something uh, to help me publicize this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. Compliance and Coronavirus is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network, and it appears Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of each week. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again for another episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.